Thanks so much for listening in to the Saints Hill Church Podcast. Our vision is to see heaven come to earth, and we do this by equipping the saints to know who they are in Christ, to walk in freedom through the truth, and make disciples who change the world. We hope this message draws you further into relationship with our Father, and if you would like to give to the mission of Saints Hill, please visit our website at saintshill.church. And thank you. Your generosity helps to keep Saints Hill going. Now, on to the message. Hello. How's everyone doing? I always want to say, how are you doing, you cool cats and kittens? That's kind of weird. And if you watch that show, if you know what I'm talking about, there's prayer at the end. Um, how's everyone doing? Good. Uh, we are going to have fun this morning. I'm so excited. Uh, it's always an honor to be with you guys, privilege to open the scriptures and learn. Um, Alex, uh, he mentioned this last week, but he mentioned that we are going into a season of time where we're going to hear from different leaders, and he said, speak on whatever you want. When I first heard that, I was like, okay, I'm going to get up there. We're going to talk books, movies, restaurants for like a whole hour. I was like, maybe guitar, teach you some chords, teach some of you how to clap on beat. That's what I was going to do. And then, and then, (laughs) oh, we can hear it. Oh, sweet Jesus, help us. Um, no, and then we clarified. It was like, no, speak on anything from the Bible. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So we're going to speak about the Bible this morning. The Bible's awesome. And then when I saw, I saw on the calendar that I am teaching on Mother's Day. So real quick, if you're a mother too, just put your hand on your heart. I felt this while we were praying for you. I just declare that this next year is a year filled with so much joy in Jesus' name. That fresh joy to parenting would come in Jesus' name. So I just, I see like a big bucket of joy falling on you mothers in Jesus' name. That you're going to start laughing while you're changing diapers like you've never done it before. In Jesus' name. So we bless you with joy. But real quick, I just want to say, I saw that I was on Mother's Day. When I saw that I was on Mother's Day, I instantly thought of kind of my heritage and growing up with the church. Um, If some of you watched uh, that Home Sunday video, I talked about it a lot, but Without opening it up too much, I was raised up in the Vineyard Movement. It's a, it's a movement of churches called the Vineyard that started kind of in the 70s alongside the Jesus People Movement. Some of you are already getting scared. You're like, what is he going to talk about? Uh, I see your faces. But um, Mother's Day was the very first in 1977, get this, was the first in a Calvary Chapel in Yorba Linda was the first um, Vineyard gathering. John Wimber was the founder and started there. And then, this is so cool how God works, is that um, about a few years later, 1980, on Mother's Day, he had this hippie preacher come in named Lonnie Frisbee, and he came in and he spoke. He gave a very simple gospel message, and then at the end, he prayed a simple prayer, and it was, come Holy Spirit. And then, people in the vineyard would say that truly, actually, that Mother's Day It was almost like the Holy Spirit ignited the whole movement, and then there was a church planning movement. And so when I heard that, that's what I was thinking of, and I was like, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. Um, Specifically in the vineyard, um, there's this phrase that I, I love to go after even personally. It's a phrase called the quest for the radical middle. I bring that up because I feel like that phrase, um, I don't know if you, anybody was raised in the vineyard, but honestly, 
maybe I'm biased, but our church resembles a lot of Vineyard, to be honest. Quest of the Radical Middle, is the, it, was coin, it was this phrase that was coined to actually say, we, we are going to give utmost focus to biblical truth and utmost focus to the spirit and power and spirit moving. How many of you know that, that feels a little like Saints Hill, right? And so I want to actually talk about the Holy Spirit and, and start this journey of what does it mean to go on the quest for the radical middle? So, like I said, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Before we jump in into things today, I have to give a little disclaimer, a few disclaimers. I, I'm not the pro. Alex is the pro. I didn't have any slides. So everybody sit up straight because I'm going to need your fingers going. And when I say focus on this, that means there's supposed to be a slide. So if you're taking notes, so my shortcoming, you're helping me with my shortcoming. Okay, we're family. So no slides, I'm sorry, but focus. Uh, before we get into uh, kind of talk about the Holy Spirit, I wanted to just start on like the why. Um, when I started thinking about the Holy Spirit, I was kind of thinking, taking inventory, and we're going to get into this more here in a bit, but the Holy Spirit, we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I started taking inventory of my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I started realizing I was taking a very honest inventory. Maybe you can relate to this. And I want to say all of this, this inventory is good. But I started realizing in my weekly pattern, and especially Sunday gatherings, where do I see the Holy Spirit? So I started thinking of, of some things. And I started seeing, okay, I know I hear Holy Spirit a lot when we're praying like for the gathering. Right, So it's like a preparation type prayer. It's like, Holy Spirit, come get it ready. Get the room ready. Um, I, I hear our staff and team uh, talk to Holy Spirit a lot in our pre-gathering because it's another preparation or pre-gathering prayer. We hear Holy Spirit there. Um, a lot of times we also, um, I hear me and some of our culture pray to Holy Spirit when we're praying for healing. But I don't know about you, if I'm being honest too, and this is good, a lot of times I don't say Holy Spirit. I normally am honoring Jesus. I'm normally praying to Jesus. So normally it's a preparation type thing when we invite the Holy Spirit. And then another time is uh, very experiential. And this is good too. So I, I hear myself, I hear you guys saying a lot like, oh, the Holy Spirit was really heavy in the room. So it made me feel good, which is awesome. The Holy Spirit gave me peace. I really felt Holy Spirit's joy today. So I was kind of taking this inventory, and in doing that, I loved all of that. I also see, I grew up very charismatic, and so the Holy Spirit a lot of times was like, the Holy Spirit's leading me to do this prophetic act, right? Or the Holy Spirit, we see a lot in prophecy, right? I hear me, us saying a lot, I think the Holy Spirit's all good, right? So a lot of times it's prophecy, preparation prayers, maybe healing, and then the rest is kind of God and Jesus. Can you guys be honest with me for a bit? And that's kind of what... Does anyone track with that? Okay, maybe, okay, cool. But I started thinking, taking inventory, and I was like, I want more of the Spirit. Because I don't know about you, there's, there's, I meet so many people, and I even know for me, we know this concept biblically that actually we can't really understand, but it's Trinitarian language, it's three in one. So Holy Spirit is three, is part of the three in one, right? But I've noticed that in part of your upbringing, your life, you tend to kind of relate to one of those more than the other, right? So there's kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm good with Jesus because he's kind of the hippie teacher. And then I know that he, since he's the hippie teacher, I like the fun stuff he does. So Holy Spirit's good, but I do have some dad issues. And so I don't really talk to Father God. Kind of funny, but that's kind of me. 
And then there's some people that had a good father, and so they really focus on the father, right? And then the father, easily you can kind of relate to Jesus because Jesus represents the father. But then the Holy Spirit's like been kind of mostly academic because you're like, okay, yeah, it's the Trinitarian language. It's with me. Awesome. That's great. And then there's the people, I've been this person, where it's just like, Holy Spirit, just remain, yeah, you know? And it's like, wow, the other ones, we'll get there, but fire tunnel, you know? And it's like, which is awesome. I love all of this. Some of you are like, what are you even talking about? Uh, we're going to do five of them later. Just kidding. <laughs> so, so even me talking about the Holy Spirit, I think some of you... Uh, on that spectrum are either like the more charismatic, even Pentecostal side, or you're like, I'm pumped. There's, then there's some other of you that are like, start the car, honey, what's going on, and doing that type of stuff. So when I started thinking, I want more of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> I want more of the Holy Spirit, um, I, yes, I want to experience it more, but I actually wanted to go back to the Bible. That's a good place to start. Go back to the Bible and, and actually say, I want to know more about the Spirit. I want to know, like God is a good God. He gives gifts. We're going to see this here in a bit, that the Holy Spirit is a gift. And so he's not a flippant God. He has purpose. And so when he gives a gift, there's a purpose to it. It's not just here's a fun little gift, like sometimes we think Santa. Not really. It's like he's about, we know from glory to glory, his kingdom has no end. Everything that he's doing is about kingdom advancement. So when he gives us a gift, I would argue it has a purpose he doesn't like halfway give a gift. And I would argue this, that that gift, and I haven't been able to think of better language for this, but there's a priority to that gift. Not like we check off the list, but there is kind of a priority to that list. I was talking to somebody um, on the phone earlier kind of describing this. And I said it'd almost be like this. Somebody gives uh, a gift, maybe to me, and it's like a really expensive, beautiful red Milwaukee power drill. How manly is that? But, and I don't even know if this exists, so just track with me. But like, I know a power drill exists, Andoni, but almost like this intense power drill that is made to drill, but it also on the drill has like a leveling laser. It also has like a pencil to like mark, and then maybe like a mini screwdriver, right? That's awesome. And what's so cool is how many of you know in that power drill, you can, it's totally acceptable and actually good for you to use all of those. But when I gave that gift, or Andoni maybe gave that gift to me, and he comes over, and I'm just like, he would be happy to see me going crazy with the laser. He would love that. And he'd even see me, like, screwing things in, and he'd be like, this is awesome. Like, this is a good job. Um, and he wouldn't be bummed, I don't think, but really, the main, like, priority of that thing is he would, it would bring him so much pleasure when he sees me, like, putting wood together and drilling up the painting. Does that make sense? Where you're like, maybe it's just me. But it made sense in my head. And the, and the idea of all of that is good, but there is some high priority purposes to this power drill. And sometimes in the church, I think, we can actually major on the minors. We can find the, the laser that we like and think that's a relationship, but we need to go back to the Bible and see what, why was I actually given this gift and the list of these things is all good. But if you're just messing around with the laser, you're not actually potentially bringing pleasure to the gift giver. Because when they gave it to you, there's a design. I'm excited for Jacob to use this design. Does that make sense? So I have, thank you, Andoni. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, I should move on here. But a couple other disclaimers I have here real quick. I feel like I had to do these disclaimers. I'm really sorry. The first disclaimer is this. Um, in talking about the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, the breath of God, obviously, you sit down, Google search, open your Bible. There are so many facets and angles of this. So if you're taking notes, the title of this talk is Holy Spirit 101. And I say that because there's a disclaimer because I'm what Holy Spirit's feeding me, what he's giving me through the scriptures. This is one facet, but I highly encourage you to learn more because I'm sure questions are going to come up and answers are probably in Holy Spirit 202, 303, and Andoni and Alex are the professors of those. I'm the worship guy that can come up here and say sometimes wrong things. So... Um, so that, I'm just saying, this is 101. This is an overview. And then the second disclaimer, <laughs> this is how Jake talks, if you get to know me. The second disclaimer is this. I am like, some of you may not, I'm hook, line, and sinker, cannot be talked out of it, charismatic. I say lowercase P, Pentecostal, because I've been weird, and I don't like it. But... <laughs> I'm just being real. Can I be real a little bit? And then, but, so I'm coming at it from this angle. But I also say this because my goal, maybe it's the angsty side of me, but my goal with this talk this morning is to talk to both sides of the spectrum. If there's somebody who's super academic and is like, like I said, Trinitarian language, yeah, I know that it's in me, but like me and Holy Spirit, it's more me, God. My goal is to challenge you. And then my goal, maybe where I stand more in the camp is, is, more like charismatic, this is, my goal is to go back to the scriptures. Because at the end of all of this, the, the goal for this is for us to grow in maturity in Christ and Christ-likeness. Not just be some special snowflake that has cool things, okay? Or also live in power, right? Okay, so those are my disclaimers. Uh, so the kind of outline for my talk is there's two aspects I want to touch on, just two, obviously there's more, but two about the Holy Spirit that we're going to talk about, and then end with three ministries of the Holy Spirit, okay? So two aspects. If you're taking notes, the first aspect is this. And, and these are in those priority orders. I'm saying I, I did my research, I listened to things, I talked to Alex, different people, and these are things biblically that I see rise to the top of the list, okay? So these aren't just like, whatever, I'm trying to see, what is the main priority? The first aspect of the Holy Spirit is that he is the giver and sustainer of life. The Holy Spirit is the giver and sustainer of life. So in first talking about this, I want to bring up the Nicene Creed. How many of you know the Nicene Creed? We end the gathering with the Apostles' Creed. Uh, Nicene Creed is like very similar. And without opening it up too much, essentially there's thousands of years ago, there's 300 bishops that essentially came together and said, hey, we should probably pen down what us Christians think, right? And in that, what's so cool, I know this is so simple, but they mention the Holy Spirit. So it's a Nicene Creed, just like the Apostles' Creed that we read. And I love the Apostles' Creed. I love the Nicene Creed because also it just made me think like there could be people that are like, Christians are crazy. They can't even agree on anything. They don't even know what they believe. No, that's actually wrong. Maybe we've gotten it wrong in the past with how we uh, interpret things. But no, actually Christians all agree on this. It stood the test of time in Nicene Creed. And so we actually do agree. And the Holy Spirit is mentioned in that. And the stanza of the Holy Spirit says this. We believe in the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. We're Christians. We believe in the Holy Spirit. The Lord, 
the giver of life. Can you say the giver of life? Who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. It's awesome. So it may seem simple, but first, as Christians, we believe in the Holy Spirit. This is foundational, and I love how they once again speak of, like, this Trinity-type language, where they say, with the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. So right off the bat, we need to remind ourselves that he is part of the Trinity, right? You're like, hey, this is simple, but this is a big deal, because I think some of us don't look at him, and we're going to get into this more later, as the three in one. He's almost like, I might get in trouble for this one, but he's more like some people treat the Holy Spirit um, almost like the family potluck, you know, the fun uncle that maybe has one too many like hard seltzers. And you're like, okay. There's half of the crowd that's like, no, he's part of the family. We love him. It's Jimmy. And like, he, he has our name. So we got to invite him. But you're like, don't look. Homeboy's going to do something crazy right? So there's some of that. And then there's some of you that I know (laughs) that are like, I stinking love Jimmy. It's awesome. Like maybe we got to hide the seltzer, but at the same time, this party kind of stinks and let's just like, he's the life of the party, right? And so you've kind of turned the Holy Spirit into this kind of thing that is like, okay, God and, because I have this question. This is a very simple question that is a rhetorical question. Is the Holy Spirit the charismatic Pentecostal version of Jesus. I said rhetorical, but that was awesome. Um, I think the answer is no. But sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit as that. And that's a good, that's a simple question. Do I think of the, the Holy Spirit as the spooky charismatic part of the thing? Or do I believe that he's three in one? Do I believe that he is with the Father and Son being worshiped and glorified? Okay. So I digress, but here we go. Giver of life. Giver of life. What I love about this is that even in the Nicene Creed, they say giver of life. This is so simple but so important because this is expectate, like expect, I can't talk. Expectancy language. Okay? Because I know I've talked to somebody that I was raised up in the church where you're like, yeah, Holy Spirit, me, 1974, he gave me life then, woo! And you're like, okay, so it's a time and a place, right? Or you also believe, yeah, and this is subtle, like subtly different. Yeah, he gives life for me today. Like I wake up and it's like he's going to help me get through like being a parent and that's awesome. But what happens if you believe that he's the giver of life? That the Holy Spirit's main job is that he comes to give you life and sustain it. That should have all of us on the edge of our seats. Wherever you fall on the spectrum, he's the giver of life. Here, I got to move on. So, where we first see this is Genesis. This would be a slide. Genesis chapter 1. You don't need to flip there. I'll say this. Where we first see this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was all in darkness. Was, was over the surface. I don't know why I did that. Surface of the deep. And get this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over. So, what we see is the Holy Spirit is there in the beginning. He is there. 
He's part of what is going on there. And I would argue that he's over the formless and empty parts because he is ready to give life. He's part of the creation story. He's there to actually bring the, the supernatural energy into designing with God. So he gives life. See, the ancient people understood this because a lot of times in the scriptures, spirit of God was also um, easily mixed with breath. So ruach, right? And so the Holy Spirit is like breath. He is life. Think about um, creation being breathed into. We're going to talk about it later, but I believe when Jesus came and reinstated, he went, he, he died, he, he got the keys, and he came back, and he reinstated us back into the garden when he breathed on his disciples. Holy Spirit is the giver and sustainer of life. You are alive right now because of the Holy Spirit. There's people that don't have the gift of life. How many of you are thankful for having Holy Spirit give you life? That's a beautiful thing. In Job, Job 33, 4, one of his friends says, The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of Almighty gives me life. Book of John. John 7 says this. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And I love this. John says this, that by this, he meant the Spirit. That's cool. Like, you're, like, reading, and John's like, hey, I'm going to talk to you, reader, for a second. Hey, what he's talking about, these rivers of living water? Oh, by this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So what does John tell us? That Jesus, when he's talking about rivers of flowing water, he's talking about the Spirit. So the Spirit is something that gives you life, that actually it's not like a still lake. The Holy Spirit is an experience that you had in the 70s, like a, like a dead, murky water. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is rivers of flow, that are flowing from you. That's how we are to live. Romans 8. This is awesome. Offline, seriously do this. Romans 8, any, I mean Romans in general, but Romans 8 is just all about life in the Spirit. If you want to know more about, hey, I want to steward my relationship with the Spirit, read Romans 8. Verse 6 says this, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So this is the first aspect of the Spirit. I think Andoni read this earlier too, Romans 8. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about you your adoption to sonship. So now we cry, Abba, Father. So good. See, the Holy Spirit gives us physical life, but spiritual life. It's the spirit that we receive that now gives us life to, not, to be adopted. You now have something in you that cries out, Papa God. Holy Spirit did that for you. It's beautiful. He gives life. So it's identity transformation and it's destiny transformation because he later on goes and says, you're not just children, but you're also heirs. It's awesome stuff. Okay, the next aspect of the Holy Spirit, if you're taking notes, is this. That he is a person that reveals a person. He is not in it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a person that reveals a person. I could probably talk about 
this aspect a ton, but it's very important because just like the Nicene Creed, we see that the Holy Spirit is with the Father and the Son to be worshiped, and we know that Holy Spirit is a person. Therefore, he's a person. Therefore, he is a relationship that we have that we are to steward. And we know this, that he's a person too. There's so many scriptures that talk about this, but I was reminded of Acts 5. Go read it. It's, it's kind of a, a little funky little insert in Acts 5 where essentially you see someone lie to the Spirit of God. So someone lied to the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and it later on says, you didn't lie just to humans, but you lied to God. So this is speaking that the Spirit is God. The Spirit is part of what is going on. So when you lie to the Spirit, you are lying to a person. So to get very practical, that this aspect of the Holy Spirit is very important because when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we use the word in our church a lot, presence. Presence. The presence was so good, right? I love that. I say it all the time. And maybe this is just for me, but this was feeding me this week. I have to tell myself the presence is the presence because a person is present. The presence is here because there is somebody, a person named Jesus, who is present. So when we are talking about the presence, we aren't talking about some, like, force theology. We're not talking about some, like, substance. I know I've fallen victim of this, too. Sometimes it can feel like when you were born again that you were, like, filled with, like, helium. (laughs) Like, it was like, okay, I got the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes we talk like, okay, I did some things and emptied that. And then why do some people have more of like the Tinkerbell fairy dust? And then like they have more of the spirit. And it's kind of this substance, but it's not a force. It's a person. Okay? And so what I mean by that too is that this is good news. Because this means in the church there's no second class citizenship when it comes to the Holy Spirit. That's a good word for someone. Are you guys alive? So what that means is we were all given that. And I would argue some people actually walk in some deeper, fun kingdom things more than others. Humbly, humbly, I can say that. And that I would argue that is because they have stewarded a relationship more. How can you steward a relationship more? Right? So the Holy Spirit is a person. So also practically, this is just very practical church stuff. I have had this filter in ministry that has really helped me grow in the spirit, I think. And that is this, that in everything that we do, everything that we do as a church, or you in your personal life as a Christian, I would argue the goal is that it's not just a means to an end, but a means to a person. The Holy Spirit's favorite job is to be the welcome mat to Jesus. So when we lead worship... We use our talents, our skills, and ultimately, it's, it's an expression of worship, but the goal is for the presence to fill the room, but the presence of a person, his name is Jesus. When we pray for healing, it's very easy to kind of think like, yeah, we go after healing because that's what we're supposed to do, and it's like, I'm being obedient. Everything that we do, even healing, I would argue, the goal is that the Holy Spirit brought about a healing to reveal and point to something greater, and that's Jesus. That the Holy, Spirit for the, the Holy Spirit reveals resurrection power for the healing to take place. So I'd urge you, when you pray for healing and God does something awesome, don't just stop there. What does it mean for that to reveal Jesus? When we prophesy, we are a major prophesying church. 
It's very easy to, when you only think of the Holy Spirit as a substance or like a fairy dust thing, (laughs) sorry, is some people are really good at it and some aren't. And the goal is how am I hearing all the time? That's, That's awesome. But when we give a prophetic word, here's the filter. I am giving Andoni this encouraging word, not just so he has a better day, but to reveal to him, this is what Jesus thinks about you. This prophetic word now points you to Jesus to actually show you as well that you can hear from Jesus all the time. So when we prophesy, it's not about my gift. It's not about my special thing. The Holy Spirit isn't isn't the genie in my lamp. He's not. He is there in power to reveal Jesus. And in that moment, he used a prophetic word. So this is practical stuff for our church. So the Holy Spirit is a person. We must remember this in everything that we do. Right? And so, so for maybe for more of the uh, conservative, not so charismatic, my goal would be, hey, the Holy Spirit is in you and alive in you to make you look more like Christ. So what are we doing to do the things of Christ? What are we doing to actually advance his kingdom? And then, for the more charismatic, what does this mean? This means that the Holy Spirit is a person. And so, if the goal is to grow in maturity, I'm all for the the drill can be used with the laser. All the manifestation, the drill, all that's part of it. Even the things that we can't understand. But if we're a family and growing in maturity, the, we should be able to at sometimes, if we can't understand something, there's a mystery folder. And we do that, and that's awesome. But in maturity, if we can't understand some things at times, I think we're able to ask, how does that thing make us look more like Christ? If we can't in unity figure that thing out, maturity also says we can leave that. Maybe this is for one person. It helped me. Okay, lastly, to end, I want to end with three overarching ministries that I see the Holy Spirit doing. The first one is this. Let's find it. The Holy Spirit, if you're taking notes, three ministries of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, first and foremost, teaches, reveals, and guides. I don't know if this makes sense, but as we go through these, I'm I'm even realizing in this moment that the Holy Spirit has, like, if this makes sense, the Holy Spirit has everything to do with us. has nothing to do with us. It's like this weird tension. It's like everything to do with us, but sometimes as a charismatic, even me, the Holy Spirit can be like, it's about me and my experience. But we're about to see that um, there's different ways to grow in that. So the main priority that I see is that uh, ministries teaches, reveals, and guides. So I want to start with the scriptures. We learn that Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. This is amazing. This is very simple. Again, I'm a simple guy. But the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. What does this tell me? That the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you truth. Should get you like excited like a little kid. Because all around us in our world, there is deception. There is lies. There's confusion. But you, when you said yes to Jesus and received the Holy Spirit, you have a helper that wants to give you truth. You should feel pretty relaxed. (laughs) You should have peace. 
So the Spirit reveals truth. And that truth, like I was kind of saying before, is to reveal that Jesus is Lord. So Holy Spirit came into your life, and he was the power that allowed you to even confess Jesus as king. You didn't just wake up and you're like, no. It's like the Holy Spirit came in, and the power of the Holy Spirit allowed your lips to mutter that Jesus is king of my life. He's king of the world. So he comes to reveal. Starting in Acts 16, um, you see the Spirit opening and close. Well, Acts 15, I'll start there. Sorry. You actually, if you go read Acts 15, you almost see like a council of people. You see a council of people, and it almost feels like the, the Holy Spirit is there like he's like the great advisor. So the Holy Spirit guides him. He helps you make decisions in life. So we see that Acts 15. Acts 16, we then see Paul in his ministry. We see the Holy Spirit opening and closing doors at times, it seems. So he opens and reveals good directions to go. So way before your experience and just like your crazy worship thing, that's awesome. I love it. You see me up here. But first, I need to actually say, the, the first primary, the drill, if you will, is that he wants to teach me truth and tell me how to live right. That's why the Holy Spirit's there. Help us make decisions. John 14 says this. Actually, can we flip to John 14 to make this talk legal? Some of you are like, oh gosh, he's saying all these scriptures, but <laughs> you're going to have Alex soon. Okay, John 14. This is awesome. Verse 25 says this. All this, are you guys there? All right, I'm reading from the past. Just kidding, sorry. I'm, I'm on one. Day. Okay, I'm ready. NIV, here we go. So, sorry. John 14. All this I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the advocate, say advocate. The Greek word there for advocate, this is awesome, is I'm pronouncing alos, alos. This means one of the same kind. This also speaks of Trinitarian language type stuff. So he's giving us an advocate that is just like Jesus, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. And I love this. He will teach you all things. Can you say all things? And uh, this is such good news for me. And will remind you of everything I have told you. This should get you like giddy. How cool, like it could also make me cry. How kind is God to give us an advocate that wants to teach us? But also it's like, hey, throughout life, the Holy Spirit's main job there is to actually remind you, to touch your shoulder, to touch your heart and say, hey, Jesus says this in the scriptures. I'm ready to reveal this to you. Hey, do you remember, how many of you remember like a word from like two years ago and it helped you today? That's Holy Spirit. That's what he wants to do. It's stinking awesome. I love it. So now the second ministry of the Spirit, if you're taking notes, is this, to purify and convict. Purify and convict. Romans 8, again, says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. John 16 says this, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, get this. So like this is Jesus like 
first talking about the Spirit. And what is he going to say about him? Is he going to say something about my prophetic song? No, he says this. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me. So these aren't in order, but the second ministry of the Spirit that I see is that he's here to purify and convict. See, the the first name of the Holy Spirit is what? Holy. Not like force spirit, joy spirit, love spirit. That's like something at Coachella. This is, (laughs) no, the name is Holy Spirit. So one of his main ministries in your life into the world is to make us like the Holy One. He is here to purify, to convict. And I would argue it's first to his children for the whole, the, those scriptures can actually be like a sword. How many of you have been in worship and been pruned by the Holy Spirit? He's come to purify. I can't tell you that the biggest growth I've had in my marriage being a dad in ministry is honestly conviction. When the Holy Spirit is so kind, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, right? And when he comes to us, it's like, you've been sinning. That's one of the main jobs before anything. Let him do that to you first. Don't just use the gift how you want. Let him, let him search you and convict you. Because ultimately, now more than ever, we need a holy people to shine to the world. We're not going to be the people on the corner yelling people's sin back at them. But we are going to be a people with a life lived that when you're around us, oh, wow, something's different. I feel like I need to confess my, I don't know about you. There's been times where I've been out and I start talking to someone and they just start like confessing things. I'm like, whoa, okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're building something in, in me that you, they see a light in me. So purify and convict. Lastly, and we're going to end with this. The third ministry of the Holy Spirit is this. To empower. To empower. Two little aspects to this. First is to empower us, what we see throughout the scriptures, to empower us to confess Christ. So like I said, even at the beginning, you even muttering, Jesus is king. That was a powerful work of the Holy Spirit. But what we really see in Acts, a lot of times we call Acts of, of the Apostles. Really, it's Acts of the Spirit. What we see is Acts, uh, people being filled by the Spirit, Because what we read in Romans, you now have no fear of death. Why did he take that away? Why did he highlight that so much? I would argue it's because we are to be a people boldly confessing. How many of you know we don't boldly confess because of the fear of death? Fear of man, and I'm going to maybe die in that social circle. I always go to that same Fred Meyer because that's all we have, and so I'm going to be chill, right? No, but like the fear of death is gone. And so the Holy Spirit comes to empower us, one, to confess. And then secondly, we can all stand. Secondly, the Holy Spirit most of all empowers us to do the works that Jesus did. The Holy Spirit came to empower us to heal the sick, cast out demons. See, we see that Jesus did all of that through dependency of the Spirit. And then what's crazy is he gave us that Spirit. And so it would be weird to, not talk, to talk about the Holy Spirit and then not invite him to empower us in all these ways. 
Thanks for listening. If we can do anything to help you, or if you want to stay in the loop with what is going on in and around the church, you can follow us on Instagram, download the Saints Hill app in the App Store, or visit our website.